come to life. You know, that, that's our motto here at Ignite Church. And it, the reason is because we believe that's God's heart. We believe that, that God wants the best for us and that the best for us is us being connected with him so we can live the life we were born for and we can just enjoy life. I really believe that God wants us to enjoy life. And, you know, coming to life starts with something. And, it, and it, what, it is, what it is, it starts with God. And uh, we believe God had a dream. Uh, now, you might, you might think, wait, God, it might sound strange, right? God has a, a dream, but we think he does. Uh, that, that God has, you know, this, everybody in here has some sort of dream. You, you, you know, man, this is one of your dreams, or you, you understand what I'm saying. And I, we think God has one. And it might, um, it might surprise you, but we think it's actually the theme of the Bible, that God's dream is actually the theme of what, what the Bible is. Now, if I was to ask everybody in here you know, individually, we'd get a lot of different answers. Well, what do you think? The, the, you know, the, what is the theme of the Bible? Some of you might say, well, um, it's like, you know, don't do wrong, right? Or, you know, don't be bad. Well, okay, I mean, that, that might be in there. But uh, some of you might say something like, well, uh, give God all your money on Sunday morning at church. That's the theme of the Bible. Well, some of you might say just, you know, don't be a sinner or, or whatever, right? Well, a lot of times we might hear a teaching from the Bible and we might say, okay, take that. And that's the whole theme. That, that's like what it's all about. Or sometimes we've even might have heard something taught wrong about the Bible and we think that, well, that's, that must be what God's all about. Well, so what we want to do is tell you. We're, gonna, we're like going to open it up. We're going to take all the secrecy away. Here is the theme of the Bible, and it's this. Um, God has a dream of having a family. That's the theme. I mean, that's the main theme of the entire Bible. And listen carefully to me. God doesn't need a family to survive. I mean, he, he's God, right? He can do what he wants. He, he's okay on his own. But he, he has this, this dream. Uh, he wants a family. He wants people. As a matter of fact, I want to read to you something here out of Re Revelation 21. This is like the last book in the Bible, and it was written by one of Jesus' best friends. And I want you to listen to something really carefully. So um, I, I, know, I know some of you are hungry and you're like, okay, I, I'm only here for the barbecue, dude, so hurry up. Um, that's all right. Here we go. Um, but what I want you to do is just put on your cap, think for, with me for a second, and, and listen to the tone of what I'm about to read to you. It's a little bit long, but, but listen to it and, and just catch what, what's really being said here. Here we go. Uh, I heard a loud voice shout from the throne. It's talking about from heaven. God's home is now with his people. He will live with them and they will be his own. Yes, God will make his home among his people. He will wipe all tears from their eyes and there will be no more death, suffering, crying, or pain. These things of the past are gone forever. Then the one sitting on the throne, God, said, I'm making everything new. Write down what I've said. My words are true and can be trusted. Everything is finished. I'm the Alpha and Omega. This is God talking. The beginning and the end. I will freely give water from the life-giving fountain to everyone who's thirsty. All who win the victory will be given these blessings. Listen carefully to this last sentence. I will be their God and they will be my people. Here's what God gets out of creation, out of making us. Here's what God gets out of you know, people going to church and, and following God and being Christian people. Here's what he gets. He gets family. He gets to hang out with people. I mean, like he wants you to be his people, right? Everybody in here has people. If you think of it that way, right? You know, you got people. Yeah, I got people. Those are my people, right? All right, these are my people. Um, God wants 
people. He, he, you know, he made us to have a family. When you read the Bible, well, let me, let me back that up. You like doing things with your people, don't you? You like hanging out with your family. Uh, not, we're not talking about just blood, but just you know, people that you consider family. Well, God likes the same thing. And, and when you read the Bible, you're gonna see that Jesus himself hung out with all kinds of people. He hung out with you know, really good people, uh, he hung out with, you know, not so good people. Why? Because he loved people. Uh, he hung out with smart people and not so smart people. He hung out with, you know, people that were sick or people that were healthy. He, he, he was around people that were rich and around people that were poor. Um, and why, didn't, why did he do this? Well, because, because he had a dream. This is God's dream. God's dream is family, having people. And you know, God doesn't see people the same way we do. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't look at people the same way you and I do. You know, um, he doesn't think rich people are more important than the poor. He doesn't think that the uh, uh, attractive people are more important than the unattractive people. Uh, that's why Ed has a, you know, still has a chance. Uh, they, they didn't catch it quite as good as y'all did in the, the first service this morning. You know, we can uh, schedule you another vacation if you need that. <laughs> God sees us through the eyes of a good father, one that loves us, and he wants to share life with us. And, and, and I put the word, it's very important to me that we say a good father, because I understand that not everybody in here uh, had a good father growing up. So I, that, that may be a fact of life, but God is a good father, and, and he, he wants you to be part of his family. Now, and this has really become something that's kind of... Uh, just really real to me lately, this past Monday, uh, we, we, we took our son to Houston. We have an 18-year-old. His name is Austin. And he, um, we got to wave goodbye to him as he left, uh, uh, left in a bus from the federal building in Houston to go to the Army. And, you know, it, it just really made me think, you know, I, well, number one, I did this. Um, we got to video him swearing in, you know, for like official, right? And so I'm standing up there with my phone, and, and I'm, I'm like doing this, watching him. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, just, and wiping the tears, you know. And, and we're really proud and super excited and happy and everything. But it was just, you know. And he told me later, he got to talk to me. He said, Dad, you got to stop. You know, yeah, I, I can't help it, man. I'm sorry. Uh, he's been with us for 18 years. You know, I, I love this kid. And I've been so, I'm so thankful that we've got to be part of his life, that we've got to be, you know, put things into his life, that he's here. And, you know, he's coming, you know, going to be around. It's not like, oh, this is the end. We'll never see him. That's not what I'm talking about. It's just, you know, it's a big deal. And so I've felt it recently that I, I'm so thankful that he's been part of my family. Well, the reason I'm telling you all this stuff is because God loves you or, or, and or wants you to be part of his family. Listen, so if you've been asleep this, this long, wake up for this one second, okay? Um, you are God's dream. You are. Um, you may say, oh, okay, yeah, but I've done some bad things, you know? My, uh, you, you don't know what I've done. I, you are God's dream. You might say, okay, look, but I'm not where I, I, I should be, you know? I need to do some... Listen, you are God's dream. Uh, I'm telling you, I, I, know, I know what I'm talking about here. It doesn't matter where you come from. 
It doesn't matter what your education level is. You might be a you know, triple doctorate or you may have never, you know, my grandpa never got out of uh, third grade. It doesn't matter. You are God's dream. It doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have in your pocket or your bank account today. You are God's dream. The situations of your life are never going to change this. God always is always wanting you to be a part of his family. He's, he, he, you are always his dreams. Like, man, I wish, you know, I want him to be part of my people. I want her to be part of my people. Um, he, th- think about it with me for a second. The things that you would do for family. What do you do? You know, what, what do you do for family? Um, you probably, I'll give you a few. You probably hold them when they're crying. You know, just to support them a little bit. You, you probably bandage them up. You know, they get cut. They get wounded. You try to nurse them back to health. Um, you, uh, you might tell them when you see them taking a wrong turn. I mean, especially if it's like your husband, right? And you're driving, dude, you turned in the wrong way. You went the wrong way. You know, you tell them that way. But we also tell our children, our family, man, you're, I think you're going the wrong way here. It's not good. Why do you do that? You do it because you want to show them how smart you are? And that you're better than them? No, not if you're worth your salt, you don't. You're doing it because you love them, because you care about them, and you want them to have the life they were born for. Here's something else we do. We celebrate with our family when they succeed. This is what God wants to do for you. I'm telling you the theme of the Bible here. I'm telling you this is what this is all about. Um, Here's some other things we do. We hang out with our family, and we have fun with them. Uh, we're going to do that today here at Smokehouse Sunday. We're going to, you know, I tested the barbecue too, and it was, it was really good. I'm hungry. I'm trying to speed up because now I'm thinking about it. Um, <laughs> your, your family, you protect them. You know, you might fight with them. You might argue with them. You might have that crazy uncle, cousin, friend that bugs you. And, you know, but at the end of the day, if somebody picks on them, they're going to have to take you down too because you're coming because you love your family. You're going to protect them. Uh, and you kick them in the rear end when they need help. You know, hey, get up, let's get going. You know, you need to move here. God wants to do all of these things for you. And I'm gonna give you one more. Um, your family, your people, you love them in spite of their faults, right? You know what their faults are. You know, look at the person to the left or right of you if you know them. If you don't know them, don't look, because, you know. <laughs> you know their faults. You've been around them long enough. You know exactly where they're going to You know, I mean, you've seen it happen. But you love them anyway. You still want to help them. You still want to hold them. You still want to uh, celebrate with them, with them when they succeed. You still want to, you know, kick them when they need it. Why? Because they're your people. They're part of your family. You are God's dream. Remember that. He wants you in his family so he can do all these things for you, too. So that's what the picture of what God wants looks like. But there's another component of this picture that's important that we see today because it's especially for us. So not only does God want us in his family with a relationship with us, with him vertically, but he wants our horizontal, our people relationships special And he cares so much that he talks to us about this. And what's really cool is that it's not just friendship like, you know, anybody can have, but it's special to his people. Because when two people are following Jesus, they have God in their life and they're trying to live for him. Jesus said, where two or more are together, I'm there with you. So that's the awesome thing about friendships with God is that it's never only two 
there's three. And with God in that mix, it makes a huge difference. And Jesus talked a lot about this. And I want us to look at one scripture where Jesus talked about this with his disciples. This comes from the Gospel of Mark chapter 9. And look at what Jesus said. Have the salt of friendship among yourselves and live in peace with one another. Have the salt of friendship. Isn't that an interesting phrase that he would say it like that? Well, you, you've got to think back to ancient times a little bit where they used salt for a lot of things. We still use it, of course, especially for seasoning food, but they used it for some other things. And so when Jesus said to those guys, have salt in your relationships, they're thinking of a lot of things. And we want to unpack that a little bit today. Let's start with the first obvious one, the seasoning, you know, that we put salt on food to season it. What's it literally doing to the food? It's bringing out the flavors, right? Well, let's look at how that works in our relationships. In the New Testament book of Hebrews, we can read this that speaks about salt being seasoning. Look what we can see here in Hebrews chapter 10. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Motivate one another to acts of love and good works. So you see it coming here that just like salt brings out the flavor of food, the salt of friendship brings out the flavor, the distinctiveness, the uniqueness that God has placed in each of our lives. And here's how it works. you got two friends who are getting to be close friends, and God's in that friendship. They begin to see stuff about each other's lives. They begin to see things that God's done. And because God's in there, he's helping them see what he has done in the other's life. So one guy might say to his buddy, you know what? I just see God's really gifted you here. You've got a real special spiritual ability God's given you. And I want to encourage you, man, cultivate that. Use that. People are going to be helped when you do that. And the other guy will think, well, you know, I've been thinking that and kind of thinking that. But that sure helps me that you see it, too. And so this kind of salt in friendship will bring out the uniqueness and the distinctiveness we have. Now, another thing that salt was used for back then is, is that it was put into a wound to cleanse it and to keep it from getting infected. Now, you might be thinking, wait, Ed, we, we've got this phrase in, in our language that says, you know, put salt in a wound is a bad thing. You know, we, we, we say, well, he put, that's like, you know, he put salt in the wound of that. He, he hurt me on purpose. Well, in their culture, yes, the salt did hurt in the wound, but it helped. It, it helped cleanse and heal that wound. Just like sometimes you'll get a cut and you'll pour alcohol on it because you want to cleanse it and disinfect it and keep the bacteria from making it infected. It hurts, but it also heals. Well, these kind of friendships can also bring healing when Jesus is in the middle of it. The Bible writer Paul talked about this when he wrote to some believers. Let's look at what he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Here's what Paul said, starting with talking about God. So he, God, comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. So do you see there's a relational topic or issue going on here, but God's in it too. So Paul's saying, when we go through tough times and we go through a period where we're wounded or sad or whatever, as we receive God's comfort, as we hear God speak to us and we connect to God and he helps us, I can tell somebody else, hey, I, I know what you're going through. Been there, done that, and, and here's what God did for me in this situation. So I want to encourage you, pray and, and ask God to, to do something in your life and to comfort you and to speak to you because he's going to get you through this. 
This morning, I want to model this for you just a little bit. I want to pick up on, on Chad's situation with his son, Austin, going off to the military. Well, I have four adult kids who have all left home. They're in Austin, Waco, San Diego, California, and Seattle, Washington. So they're a long ways off. So I, I feel his pain with his son going. But there's something else, though, that he's not experienced yet that I want to encourage him with. And it's this, brother, that it's tough when the kids leave. And, and it's hard to let them go, and, and you miss them. But the cool thing you're going to experience that God's going to show you is the results of, of your parenting in their lives, the good fruit of the parenting. He'll, you'll begin to see that in his adult decisions. And as Austin is successful, and as he matures and really becomes a uh, contributing member of society, you could say, you're going to experience a profound satisfaction and gratification like nothing else in the world. So I want to encourage you with that, brother. So what else does salt do? Well, it's also used as a preserver, especially in ancient times. It was one of the only things they could do when they killed an animal and they ate what they could but wanted to preserve the rest of the meat. They would salt it down big time, and it would last for months and months if they put enough salt on it. Well, salt preserved food. How does salt help us preserve our friendships and how does that dynamic work in, in friendships, that preservative quality of salt? Well, we're going to look at a Bible story real quick where we see this acted out. There's two men, Jonathan and David, who were close, close friends. And here's the story. David worked in the court of King Saul. He was the king, and at first he loved David, but then he changed his mind and decided he wanted to kill David. And so David had to run away from the palace, and he was on the run. But Saul had a son named Jonathan who was best friends with David. And so can you imagine how Jonathan felt? Here's my best friend David. We've been so close, and he's in the palace serving dad, and we get to hang out and do life together, and now my dad's gone nuts. David's running for his life, and this is killing me. This is killing me. But then Jonathan decides, you know what, I'm going to stay loyal to David. I'm not going to dishonor my father, but somehow I'm going to stay loyal. So he finds an opportunity to get with David. And here's, between the lines, here's what I think is going on in Jonathan's mind. I think Jonathan probably thought, you know what, David loves God. I mean, for years he was out in the hills taking care of his dad's sheep, writing this amazing stuff that we have now in the Bible that David was doing as a young man, writing what we call now the Psalms. And, and Jonathan knew David loved God, and he probably thought, you know, I bet David is really hurt that God has let this happen. You can relate to that, can't you, that God lets you down or something bad happens. And, and if we're honest, we're just kind of hurt and maybe even mad at God. Well, in this situation, I could sure see David being that upset. And so his buddy Jonathan decides, I'm going to be the friend David needs. And so look at what Jonathan does here in 1 Samuel chapter 23. Look at what Jonathan says or does. Jonathan went to find David and encouraged him to stay strong in his faith in God. He's saying, David, don't give up on God. Don't do like people did Don't or do. Don't. Get mad at God, turn your back and walk off and say, I'm done with you, God. You and I know people who've done that. You and I also know when we've been tempted to do that, right? But Jonathan loved David, and they had such a close friendship, he decided he was going to kind of get him and shake him a little bit and say, don't give up on God. Stay strong in your faith. Keep believing in God like we were singing. Just keep saying, I believe, God, I believe you're going to get me through. And then look what else Jonathan did. 
So the two of them renewed their solemn pact before the Lord. They renewed their friendship. Basically, they said, you know, we don't know what the future holds with crazy King Saul trying to kill David. But we know what we're going to do. We're going to stay best friends forever. I've got your back. You've got my back. That's what these guys did. And so we see here that the salt of friendship can help us keep trusting God. It can help us. Man, when you've got a friend who's struggling, you know they're hurting, you get in there and encourage them. Hey, don't give up on God. He's still your best friend. You could really help them keep trusting God. One last thing. Salt, especially again in ancient times, was used in, as a fertilizer. They couldn't overdo it or it would make the ground sterile. But a little salt with other ingredients could be used as a fertilizer there. And so it brought growth to crops. Let's look at how a salty friendship can help us grow. Back to Paul again. He wrote another group of believers. And look at what he said here in 1 Thessalonians. Paul said to these guys, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. He's saying, guys, I know that you love each other and you encourage each other. Do it even more. And he uses this special phrase, build each other up. It means strengthen each other. It's almost like, a, or it is like rather, a coach who's in, in the, just in the face of his athlete saying, another, you can do it, another, like in a gym. Ten more reps, you can go, you can go. It's very strong language. And when we get this about friendships, when we can be strong with each other, we can actually grow spiritually. So here's an example of being strong with a, a close, salty friendship in the Lord that you have. You could say things like, so brother, how is your relationship with God? How, how, how have you been connecting with God lately? How, how, have you been talking to God much lately? Have you been reading his awesome book that we have to, to hear him speak to us? How is it with you and God? See, you, you couldn't just do that with a stranger. or They just totally blow you off. But somebody who knows you love them, they know you're asking the biggest question in life. How are you and God? Well, that's how we can build each other up. And, and say the answer is, well, not so good. Because you're friends. You can be honest. All right? You know you won't get condemned with this kind of friend. He'll, he'll just want to help you. Well, you know what? I, I'm still mad at God about what happened three weeks ago. To tell you the truth, you know, I get it. I get that. But you know what? God's still your best friend, and, and he wants to speak to you and comfort you. And as a matter of fact, he, he wants to use this for good, and you can even end up better off after this thing plays all out. Can I pray with you? Can, can I help you? And, and that kind of behavior is what Paul's talking about when he says build each other up. And so this salt of friendship in this case can help us grow spiritually. Just like that fertilizer helps the crop grow, it can help us grow spiritually. So I've got a couple questions. Do you have any salty friendships? Is there somebody in your life who can kind of get in your business a little bit, and you know they love you, and they'll ask you that tough question, so how are you and God? Or, or how are you in that problem you had a week ago when you were so mad you could spit? How, how are you doing, man? Do you, do you have any salty friendships like that? And somebody can come, you know, speak like that to you. And then the second question is, are you a salty friend? Are, are you that kind of person? When was the last time you were inconvenienced and you were willing to lay down what you were doing to go help somebody else, even though you had a plan and you had all these things you needed to do? But a close friend, a salty friend, somebody you're living life with, with Jesus together, calls you up and says, man, I really, I need to talk. I really need you, man. Can you come? When was the last time you, you, you laid down something of yours for somebody else? 
This past week, I experienced this in a practical way. I had a tree in my backyard just explode. I mean, it wasn't lightning, but it was just one of those moments where it just shattered. My neighbor across the street heard it. I wasn't home, but he came over, Ed, you see your tree? I walk into the backyard, and this almost an entire tree is laying flat in my yard. I'm like, man. And I walked up, and it's one of those uh, weak trees that just falls over sometimes, water crests or something like that. And so I'm looking at this tree, and I notice that it's not totally broken off. The half of the, uh, the big part of the big limb that fell over is still attached to the tree. And all that weight is pulling on it, and there's all this pressure on here, and it's about that wide right there. And I think, you know what? Me and my little chainsaw, all I do is get myself hurt. <laughs> I'm not real experienced with big tree issues like this other than just trimming, you know, the small ones. But I got a buddy. Maybe he'll be able to help me. So I'll call my friend and say, hey, man. Uh, I know this is kind of a big ask, but I've got a pretty big problem with my, my tree in the backyard. And I was just wondering, oh, man, I got my big saw. I'm, I'll come over. When can we get together? And I said, hey, if you can just cut it off the trunk, I'll do all the cutting up. Oh, heck no, Ed. I'm going to come over. We're going to cut it down and cut it up, and you'll, you'll be able to haul it off that day. So he comes over and spends half of his day. We sweat like dogs like we all do now. <laughs> if you're outside, half a Thursday, got that thing all cut down. Because he was willing to take some time to do something I really needed to do that I couldn't do. That's what, that's what friends do. I know that's just a practical thing, but he could have done something else with half a day on his vacation time. So do you have any salty friendships? Are you a salty friend like this? Well, these kind of relationships make all the difference in the world in our lives. So do you all get the idea? Are you kind of getting the idea of what God is you know, looking for or what his, his dream might be. Um, in case you haven't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to help. Um, he wants friendship for you. He wants you to be part of his family. He, he wants uh, awesome friendships between you and him, which is first. And then he wants awesome friendships with you and other people. Uh, you know, he wants you and I, he wants us to be his, his people. Um, I can't tell you how many times and how many people I've talked to and say, hey, you know, you know, invite them to come to church, invite them to come, invite them to come to Smokehouse Sunday today. And, and the response goes along this lines, has gone many times, man, if I, if I went to church, you know, it'd catch on fire. You know, the, the, the walls would burn down. No, they wouldn't. I want to pull my hair out and, and say, oh, my goodness. You don't, you're not grasping what God really wants. He wants you in his family. The walls aren't going to burn down. The, the, you coming, you being a part is exactly what he's looking for. Um, and, and so I want to just take a look at something Jesus said here. We're going to go back to Revelation. The last book in the Bible is kind of where we started. And this is Revelation chapter 3. This is Jesus himself talking, I went and, and, and somebody, of course, you know, John, his friend, wrote this down. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as, y'all tell me what the last part is, as friends. God wants you to be his people, you know. These are my people. These are my people. God wants you to be his, can I say peeps? He wants us to be his peeps. Um, our Smokehouse Sunday is an effort to facilitate this friendships, the, you know, help, help us get together and hang out and, and just you know, have a good time together. And um, God wants his family loving life together. 
There's a lot of stuff in the Bible. There's a lot of things, messages we've taught, and we've about all kinds of things that, that God wants, and, and, and all the things that are good that are for us, God, things that aren't good. You know, all of that's there, but the theme is He wants you to be part of His family. And just like we've invited people today to, to you know, come and eat and hang out and just have a good time, God um, has an invitation for you. Jesus actually has an invitation for you to accept it, accept. Um, let me back that up. Jesus is inviting us to accept his invitation to be part of God's dream family. You are God's dream. And it's as easy as talking to him just like I'm talking to you now. You know, uh, you can ask God, God, please forgive me where I messed up. I don't even know what to do here. I just, you know, I want to be part of your family. Will you help me? It's that simple. You can ask him, please fill my life. You know, I want you to take me where you want me to go. I want you to lead uh, lead me down the path I should take. Um, ask him to be your best friend. God the Holy Spirit will be your best friend and he can guide you for the rest of your life. He, he can do it now on earth and forever in eternity. So here's what I wanna do. Um, we have some awesome people here at Ignite Church and, and these people are folks that have taken the time to get ready for and pray for you already. And they are, they're ready and willing today to take a moment with you. As soon as we stand up here and kind of pray and dismiss, they are here ready and willing to pray for you personally. They will take the time to talk with you for a second, to pray for you. And if you're, especially if you're somebody that says, I want to be part of this family that God's looking for, they will take the time. I had to pray with you about that too, just to, say, just to kind of help you along a little bit, because especially if you've never heard about this before, they will take the time to do that. So um, everybody, if you would, please stand up with us. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for everybody in here today. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, you would help us to, to hear and remember the things that you've spoken to our hearts individually today. Pray that you would lead us and guide us, and we thank you for the, everyone that's decided to, to spend the morning with us and just uh, be part of your family this morning. Um, something special, we pray that you would bless the food we're about to eat, and thank you for all the hard work that's, that's happened, and uh, we just pray that everyone has a great time today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen.